morning, Middle Church. If you weren't fully awake yet, you are now. Amen. Thank you, choir. Please stand and join, uh, join me in the call to worship. The psalmist tells us that God's glory is on tour in the skies, Godcraft on exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each evening. The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way of joy. The direction of God are plain and easy on the eyes. Come, let us worship God with joy. Please remain standing as we sing our first hymn, Woke Up This Morning. Good morning, Middle. Yes, it is a good morning, isn't it? Beautiful outside. We're going to be doing a little call and response this morning. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Uh, yes. So we're going to have this side be the call, and we're going to have this side be the response. And then we're going to switch it. Are you ready? You know ready what a call now. and response is, though, right? Because people are like, oh, yeah, and then they're going to be like, what? So. Woke up this morning is on this side, and stayed on freedom is on this side. Are we ready, my friends? Here we go, and... Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on freedom. I hear you, I hear you. my friends you know what a generator is it provides power and it supplies everything with everything they need you are the generator today I need you to generate yourself as you sing so that the sound just goes beyond what we think it could go beyond in today are we ready my side you are leading today walking and talking here we go walking and talking with my mind Thank you. 
I did this with the 930, so I'm gonna give it to you as well. I want you to face each other, and I don't want you to look at the music, because all you're gonna have to say is, ain't no harm to keep your mind. Everybody's gonna sing that. Ain't no harm to keep your mind stayed on freedom. But I want you to make an effort to look at your neighbor, because you don't need this anymore. You don't need this. This is not the SAT, this is not the LSAT, this is not the ACT. Here we go, ain't no harm. Ain't no harm to keep your mind that's our viewing audience, because they don't always get to see you. Could you sing it to them both parked, woke up this morning, and see if, if they can join us this morning? Here we go. Woke up this morning with my mind. from We Care and other friends. The blanket is getting spread. Thanks for your help, Leslie. Carlo is ready. Freddie's joining us. Okay. Thank you, friends. We have room for young and young at heart up on our blanket today. Let's grab the mic, because I'm going to need your help. T friends, today we're going to hear a story Oh, yes, we even have our youngest members joining. <laughs> We're going to hear a story about Jesus going back to his hometown. He grew up in Nazareth, and he's a grown-up now, and he's going back to the place where he grew up. So maybe it's like, you've grown up in New York, you've moved on, you've come back, and you're back at Middle Church. Think of that scenario. Jesus is back at his synagogue, the same place when he was a 12-year-old boy, he read from the scrolls. Some of you and kids in the middle today even made a scroll. That was so cool. He read from the scrolls, and now he's there as an adult, and he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And these are the words that Jesus shared. Jesus read to his home congregation, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate, to free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When Jesus said that, every eye was on him. Everyone was watching, everyone was listening when he said, sharing good news to the poor, prisoners set free, recovery of sight to the blind, and to free the oppressed, to liberate the oppressed. Everyone was listening. You have an audience, you have a congregation here. Imagine with me, you're a grown up, you come back to Middle Church, what is the message you would wanna share? What message would you want Middle Church to hear? Your home faith community. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be you imagining as a grown up. It could be what you're sharing right now as a young person. 
Tomoki Brooks. Do you want to get us started? No the mic is ready for you. <laughs> what would you share with Middle Church? Do you want me to come back to you? Okay. Miss Sarah. I would share the idea of love, period. Love, period. <laughs> Leslie, what would you want to share? Uh, be kind to one another. <laughs> you ready? No fighting. Do you have one? Love. 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 Carlo, Freddie. Next time. Play. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Playing for all ages. You guys, they're listening. Middle Church is listening to our young people. Whether you're young or young at heart, you have something important to teach and share with us. Let's keep all of those ideas in mind. Thank you, Pastor Bertram, for holding our pretend scroll of Jesus' Torah reading from the prophet Isaiah. And thank you, friends, for continuing our lesson today. Let's pray. Dear God, Dear God thank you for those words Jesus shared. Thank you for those words Jesus shared. That we get to live today. That we get to that we can love, period. That we can be kind. That we can play. And we can be nice to everyone. Amen. Amen. All right, let's sing some Sia Humba, my friends. Are we marching in the light of God? Yes. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jackie Lewis. If you're here for the first time, welcome to our place. How many of you are here for the very, very, very first time? Will you raise your hand? Yay! Great. Will you keep your hand up? Because our ushers want to come and give you a card. Also, we're auditioning preachers. So just keep your hand up if you're, I'm kidding. Where are you from? New York, yay! Where are you from? New York, yay! Where are you from? DC in the house, yay! Where are you from? New York, yay! Where are you from? I miss someone here. Where are you from? New York! New York, start spreading the news. My friend Zainab is here for the very first time. Stand up, my friend. This is Zainab Salvi, everybody. She is our colleague and has been at our Revolutionary Love Conference and Oath TV has started a brand new show with Zainab called Through Her Eyes. And today, Middle Church is gonna be helping talk about news through her eyes. Through our, my eyes, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Welcome, we're so Thank glad you. you're here. Thank you. Um, so many things to tell you, so many things to tell you. First of all, next Sunday, February 3rd, is not only the beginning of Black History Month, but we will begin also to do our Lunar New Year celebration, our Chinese New Year. Gloria Moy is preaching. Our Gloria Moy. Yes. Oh, no. So exciting. And we have dance and we have music. It's going to be really beautiful. And of course, then we are in African American History Month. In the afternoon, there's a beautiful concert that Tammy and John have put together with the In the Middle Choir, the Gospel Choir, and the Middle Church Choir. And it's called The Sounds of Blackness. So it's going to be spiritual music, gospel music, you know, modern music, all celebrating the African American experience. And as that happens, Michael Dinwiddie and I teach our first leadership lab for all the leaders in the church. If you think you're a leader, you should register. But we start with the, um, the construction of race in America on February 3rd. On the 10th, John Janka and I will talk about how to talk about race because we have lots of practice talking about race in our little biracial family every morning. 
Catamanana. We talk about race. And then on the 24th, uh, Bertram and Amanda are going to help us to talk about white fragility and a book we've been doing. All of this is online. You don't have to memorize what I said, but I do hope that you'll register and come. We'd love to have you. Wow, Christina, did I forget anything? I didn't. No. Okay. So everything else is in the bulletin for you to notice, and I hope that you'll come and be with us for some things that make you happy in your life. Um, stay more connected. Go deeper spiritually. And now we have a time of prayer, led by one of our wonderful interns, Jen. Good morning, Middle. As we continue worship this morning, we will move into a time of silence. It's an opportunity to ground ourselves, an invitation to more fully show up in this space, and a chance to turn up the volume on how the divine is speaking to us today. Get comfortable, settle in, and join me in this time of silence. Holy One, we come before you grateful and grieving, joy-filled and afraid, full of the promise of your freedom and worn down from living in a world that falls short. We come here because we know this is a community that can hold it all that you are a God big enough and great enough to hold it all. God, many of us are showing up here today because we are waiting to see a glimpse of the rain you have promised. We strain our eyes for the signs of love. Love in a world that tells our trans siblings that their knowledge of their own selves is somehow less valuable less true than the fears of those who aren't ready for the multitudes of your divine image. Love in a world where so many suffer at the hands of greed and ego and white supremacy. Love in a world that pits us against each other instead of looking for the ways we can build together. Sometimes we can grow weary in this search, God, be tender with us, comfort those who are hurting, offer peace to those caught between anxiety and unknowns. Hold us so close when we need to feel your presence, your warmth. Whether a storm, shutdown or family separation, God, we know the pain and violence of oppression always lasts longer than the news cycle. Be with those who are invisibilized, whose pain is said to matter less, and help us stand with your people on the margins. Forgive us for the ways we have ignored your call on our lives, for the ways we have let your children suffer as we say, not yet, or not me. Offer us the truths we need to hear. Speak to us over and over and over until we are ready to hear you, God, until we are ready for your spirit to transform us. We know your love is here, God. Help us see it. Help us be it. Help us practice it. Amen. And I'd invite you to rise in body and spirit to join hands and to join in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. You can find the words in your bulletin or you can use the words that feel right to you today. Ever loving and holy God. Thank you. 
And now as a witness and as a celebration of the love that is in our midst, turn and offer the peace of God to your neighbors. May God's peace be with you.
Souls. Good morning, Middle. My name's Leon, and this is Michael. Leon. Okay. Michael is the... <laughs> okay. You got it? Okay. Today's reading is from the book of Luke, verses, chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Let us listen to the word from God. You know, but as we look out, at you today, we can't help but see and feel the energy that you impose and then sent to each of us from all of us. You should know, and you do know, and you will always know that the Mill family is a family first of love then full of peace, joy, love, and happiness. That's milk allegiance. But for the time being, let's just focus on the specials for today. <laughs> and it begins. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. The scripture begins when then Jesus, who is filled with the power of the Spirit, he returned to Galilee. And the report about him spread throughout all of the surrounding country. Jesus said, I will start teaching you here in Galilee. And he was praised by everyone. And then he went to Nazareth. And when he got to Nazareth, he waited until the Sabbath, as he always normally did, so it was custom for him to go to the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, and to express things that God had given him to express. I will tell you that the Lord sent his message that lives in all of us today. Therefore, Michael, the, oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Well, the Lord rolled the scroll and gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. The entire eyes in the synagogue was on Jesus. And the news went out again. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, Michael. How long have you all been together? Michael, how long have you been together? 47 years. I, thought, I was thinking, I was, Leah's getting ready to preach this sermon. I don't know. <laughs> so pray with me, please. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. 
And as we seek to hear a word from you, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't think it's any secret how much I love children, how thrilled I am that we have an every Sunday children's zone right over here and that part of what gets to happen is I get to be hugged and kissed and grabbed by our kids. Um, I've got uh, four niece nephews, uh, two are in their 20s and two are under 10. My little nephew RJ, when he was five, one time I went home to Chicago to visit my parents right while my mom was still alive, right before she died. And we were in my home church and RJ, Rodney Jr., RJ was staring at the stained glass windows and I hadn't noticed, but they are the same windows in my childhood church as are in this church. So I was like, wow, so I started staring as well. So RJ's looking and his dad is explaining, saying, this one right here, RJ, this is the one where Jesus' mommy, Mary, is holding him and the wise men are visiting. And I was just like, ooh, you know, Christmas, ooh, I get that. Then he says, and this one, this one right here is where Jesus is welcoming all the children. And Archie says, ooh, all the children, that's really great. He says, wait a minute, Daddy. But wait a minute, though. If Christmas is little Jesus' birthday, when is big Jesus' birthday? (laughs) He didn't understand. Little baby Jesus grows up to be big baby Jesus. So all of that adoration, all of those angels singing from realms of glory and all the gifts that the wise men bring and all that love that baby Jesus gets. By the time we get to the end of this story, big Jesus is about to be thrown off a cliff and killed. How did that happen? Well. We've been tracking Jesus' story since Christmas time. He's been born, he's been circumcised, poor baby, he's been named in a naming ceremony, he's been bar mitzvahed, he's teaching in the temple, all the elders are like, woo, he's so smart. He gets baptized in the River Jordan. The Spirit of God says, this is my son. He's been identified and fingerprinted, I mean identified as the one who's the son of God. He's gone out in the wilderness. Ha ha, you were listening. He's gone out in the wilderness. He's been tempted by the devil and now still full of the Holy Spirit, Luke tells us. He's about to do something new in his ministry. So he goes in the synagogue, as was the custom, reads the scroll, as Leon so aptly preached to you, and, and is quoting Isaiah. The Spirit of God is upon me. I'm here to preach good news to the poor to preach liberty to all who are captive, to preach sight to the blind, to to declare God's jubilee, the day of the Lord. All debts paid, everything wiped off the slate, all broken people healed, all blind eyes see, all oppressions ended, that's what I'm doing. And today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. They are so excited because the son of their people is back home. This is Joseph's boy. This is Mary's kid. His his auntie lives in the neighborhood still. He used to be a toddler right over there and play with, you know, with Justin and them. And now he's back home, um, you know, preaching this good news. All the stories they've heard about him out around the way, healing people, making, making, you know, turning water into wine, doing miracles every which way, back home in his hometown of Nazareth. This is so wonderful because we've been waiting for him to come back and bless us, free us, liberate us. And I love paraphrasing the Bible. So it's like, hey, Jesus, yeah, you're back. This is so good. What's up, homie? Yeah, Jesus starts saying things like, uh, well, you know, prophets are welcome everywhere except in their hometown. And they're like, what are you talking about. And the next things he says, which we didn't have Leon and Michael read, are this kind of break with expectations. I am not here just for y'all. This, this goodness, this love, this liberation, this is for all of the poor people, not the poor people in Nazareth. This is for all of the captive people, not the captive people in Galilee. 
This freedom, this oppression release is for all of the people, not just the Jewish people in Palestine. This thing God is doing is for everybody. And I told Bertram earlier, I, I've read this story a million times, but I really didn't get it. Like, I was like, well, why are they trying to throw him off a cliff? What are they so mad about? And then it hits me in a sad space. They're angry because they don't really want this goodness to go past their tribe. They're furious because they don't really want God's liberating love to be for somebody that's not like them. They don't want to belong to a club in which everybody's welcome. Oh, man. Those Nazarenes, Bertram, all clubby and elitist and trying to close the door. Thank God we're not like that, right? <laughs> Middle people. <laughs> Thank God we, modern people of faith, never, ever want to keep God to ourselves. Thank goodness we've grown up, we've outgrown the sense of, I don't know, colloquialism or like God isn't on your team, God's only on my team or gosh, I'm so super relieved that the church today doesn't think that it has God in her pocket all to herself. She knows God's love is for the whole world. Not so much. Even the best of us, even the very, very best of us, often, too often, feel so nervous and anxious about the world that we want to keep the good, loving thing that we have found all to ourselves. When we were teenagers, we would have said all to our dammies. I hope it's okay to say that on, 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 in the world. Like, it's mine. I'm the one, we're the ones to whom God has come and shown favor. We're, we're the ones who are chosen by God to be blessed and heal the world. We don't want to share the God of love in the world because we want to keep that to ourselves. And even in our kind of liberal spaces when we think that's not really logical, of course God loves everybody. The lives we live, the systems in which we participate, the way of the world proves otherwise. So I want to say the church, not you beautiful people, middle family, not y'all, but the church, the capital C church isn't quite ready for the liberating word of God, the spirit that is in Jesus saying this, this liberation, this eye opening, this oppression lifting grace is for all of us. We're not quite ready for that. If we were ready, the United Methodist Church wouldn't be about to break up. They about to break up, divide up the churches. These bishops go over here, these bishops go over here. Why? Well, in the rubric of tradition or let's say authority of scripture, they just cannot imagine that God's liberating word is also for the LGBTQ community. Still, today, in 2019, despite scientific evidence, I love scientific evidence, <laughs> despite the fact that the American Psychiatric Association in a 2016 study wrote and said and stand by, the latest and best scientific evidence shows that sexual orientation and expressions of gender identity occur naturally and pose no threat to societies in which they're accepted as normal variants of human society. There is a strong, come on, there's a strong evidence that genes play a role in the determination of sexuality. Further, there is no scientific evidence that either homosexuality or heterosexuality is a free will choice. Now, the reason I'm whipping some science out into the theological sphere is because I know some of you, because you tell me, I'll be in your heart, yep, 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 everybody. God loves everybody. But somewhere back here in the back of the mind is the stuff you learned in Sunday school. Somewhere back here in the back of the mind is like, but somebody told you that it was an abomination. You don't know where that said in the scripture, but you feel obligated to quote it. 
because somebody told you. You don't even, you can't even spell abomination, some of us will be like, but, but it's an abomination. That's why I was learned it was abomination. And there's like, I don't know, where is that? I don't, I don't know. But I think it says it in the Bible. <laughs> and so we're not even, stand, not even sure of ourselves. We're parroting what we've heard. We're, 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 we're saying things that we learned when we were little people and we haven't let it go enough to feel confident and stand in no love is love is love. So I'm bringing you some science. Not just the theology, not just that Jesus full of the spirit proclaims liberty to all the people, not just that Jesus never says the word gay ever, but some science backing up the church has to be ready to stop having in our shadow some kind of way like gay, trans people are secondary citizens. Because if it's back here, it'll leak up here. And if it's back here, when somebody else is talking about, you know, continuing to outlaw folks in the military who are trans, we're like, mm, I don't agree totally, but the scripture says. You understand what I'm telling you? We we, we have to have an exegetical critique of that kind of word that feels antithetical to the full love of God for all of God's people. Somebody say amen. amen. We're not quite ready. Middle church, you're ready. But the capital C church isn't quite ready to believe that the liberative word of God is actually fully for all people of color and especially the capital C church isn't ready to fully believe in the full humanity of black and brown people. Well. That gets less claps because I know it's awkward. But if I tell you how many meetings I still, I am still in so many meetings with white people who will not look at me when they're talking. Well. And I'm not talking about looking at my girls, that happens. But I'm talking about not looking at me, period, when they're talking. And that what I have said out loud, smart, brilliant, whatever it might be, has to be affirmed first by a couple white boys before it can come out of my mouth and be believed. And that's just an anecdote. But, our, but, our, but the capital C church still participates in systems and structures of racism, which means we, which means we put in the world, in the viral, in the air, that black children are to be feared and they're not that smart. Not only that, the capital C church participates in structures and systems that keep poor people that are black people poorer than poor white people. Did you, did you stay with me on that? If the median income in the United States is $55,000, by the way, no money, but the median income for a black family of the same size is $36,000. That's a $20,000 disparity. And that disparity is just about blackness. It's about never, ever catching up because chattel slavery treated us like animals. Anti-black racism is such a part of the church, the church can't even get with it. Did you know that there was a slave Bible in which the Exodus story was taken out? Do you know that there are still white preachers who think that black people are somehow the, the, the scorn of Cain and deserve their plot in life? Do you understand how much racism against black people is hardwired into religion, into Christianity? We have to liberate ourselves from that shadow. We have to free ourselves from the little bit of something that lets us whisper, why don't they get over it? Or things are so much better. Or look at Oprah. Or, yeah. The liberating word of Jesus Christ comes for all the people, which includes all the people, which includes the black people, the boy with his pants down, the girl named Shaniqua, who if she puts Shaniqua on her resume, won't get a job, all of those people belong to God, and the liberating word is for them. Somebody say amen. amen. We're not ready. We're not ready. The church, the capital C church, not us, the capital C church is not ready. Did you see the little boy with the, MA, with the MAGA hat on? Were you so embarrassed and mortified at the way he was encountering that elder, the Native American elder? Did you see how the white, sorry, white people, the white 
media jumped in to help him have a little story that, did anybody believe that story? Who, did anybody, do you know anybody who believed that story? Does anybody of your, you do know somebody? Let's have a talk, Bob. Do an intervention with them. Who, who believes that story? Only people who need to believe that story. And, and, and I'm sorry, that little boy, it's not his fault. Okay, it's a little bit his fault. But when we live in a nation that blesses such derision and horrible speech, and our little children learn to watch it, see it, do it, imitate it, it's no wonder that there's not less of that in the streets because we don't take it on and we don't teach them, by the way, to love as love is love. Amen? Native American folks that are indigenous brothers and sisters who live on patches of land that we have the nerve to call reservations, the women in those communities have a 10 times higher murder rate than anybody else in the country. And when those women disappear or when they're snatched out of their homes, they can't even, they, they are disappeared three times. They disappear out of their families, they disappear out of their people land, and they disappear out of the stats. You can't even track the stats on missing Native American people. That ain't right. Somebody say that ain't right. We're not ready. The church isn't ready. The capital C church isn't ready to expect, expand our understanding of God's grace and love to all the people everywhere. We're not ready. We're still somehow believing Guys, these old messages, I, I got them. When I was a little girl, I grew up in a nice little African-American family from the South. And we heard that Jesus was the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And nobody comes to God but through Jesus. We heard that about 300,000 of us were going to go to heaven, and our job was to get there to be good enough, kind enough, special enough to parachute out of the earth and into heaven when we died. We heard that. And we didn't know as little people that we were participating in some system that would someday oppress Jewish people. Are you, are you nodding with me? We didn't understand then that we were the only way, then that meant somebody else wasn't the way, and that that was gonna put anti-Islamic sentiment in the world and cause women to be harassed about being hijab and, little Muslim kids to feel hated and low. We didn't, we didn't understand that the only way, the only truth and the only life led to holocausts. We didn't understand that when Christianity gets smashed into white nationalism, it leads to a global horrors against all kinds of people who are not straight and white and Christian. We didn't understand that. But we know that now. I'm responsible now to exegete my stuff. I'm responsible now to analyze my life and to make sure that I let go of texts of terror that are meant no harm, but harm anyway. I'm responsible for the shadow of my theology that'll make my gay friends feel some kind of way sideways a little bit, like not quite in the middle of the norm. That, that's the same little shadow can, you can pistol whip Master Shepherd to death. This is our responsibility, is to grow up our faith. The Spirit of God is upon all of us to preach good news to all the poor, <laughs> to preach liberty to all the captives, to give sight to all the blind, to, to, to wipe out the debts of everybody, to start over to make a fresh start, to make a new world, a whole new world, a brand new world of love and justice and peace because we get to the ground of our being, which is simply love. I feel like every Sunday between now and the end of time, I'm gonna be saying some version of this. Please don't throw me off a cliff. But this is it, dudes. What this is it, women and men of God? We don't. We cannot hold on to our old understandings of what it means to be a person of faith. It doesn't work. 
What works is to strip it all down and get to be Christian again. Let's make the church Christian again. And what I mean by that is make it the teachings of Jesus, perhaps for the first time. That's what I'm talking about. I'm standing up for Jesus' teachings. I'm not standing up for empire. I'm not standing up for supremacy. I'm not standing up for anti-Semitism or xenophobia. I'm not standing up for homophobia and transphobia. I'm not standing up for sexism. I'm standing up for the teachings of Yeshua ben Joseph, Mary's boy, Jesus' child, my rabbi. No room for anti-Semitism in that. No room for bigotry and hatred in that. No room for somebody got so much money they can't count it and people are hungry. No room for that. No room for that. So y'all, our job, our job, to be at the dinner table having this conversation, to be in the classroom having this conversation, to be on a date having this conversation, to question and push and shove and articulate and say, what about love? But the, nope, but what about love? But the, nope, but what about love? Because <laughs> that's the bottom line. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Lewis, for bringing us to the bottom line. Um, my name is Christina Fleming, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Middle Collegiate Church. And I want to celebrate all the ways you do local and national. So years ago, when I first started on staff, Jackie says, we do both all the time, local and national. And the Girls Club, the Lower East Side Girls Club, was actually started in the basement of this church in 1996. And if you don't know Lynn Pentecost, whoo, she is an organizer, served on the board then, and is always on the greater board. And she uh, has since opened an over $20 million building on Avenue D. And if you go in there today, you will feel middle church out in the world. And every week, either Amanda or Marta or Jackie is on phone calls with the Lower East Side Girls Club. Jackie spoke there on King Day. And our youth went, uh, Ruby was one of them, to uh, the Civil Rights Tour in the South this fall, local and national always. And as you know, um, Kelly just got back from the border with Amanda and Elaine. They went to Tijuana. And also every Tuesday night, those similar volunteers here in New York are at NYU working with immigrants on getting all their papers together of how are we going to uh, help this one family and this one story in the United States right now, right here. So Middle Church, thank you for being local all the time and being national. And if you wanna join this movement um, of Middle Collegiate Church, Bertram is gonna be in the social hall right after worship um, and he'll have his iPad. And if you're at home, you can take out your phone and you can join the church anytime right on your phone at uh, middlechurch.org and hit the button join. Um, because we want this to be your movement. It's not gonna just happen in these walls, it'll happen in the East Village and wherever you are watching in your pajamas. Um, so thank you for being a part of this and your money and your creativity and your energy and your volunteering makes this this. So thank you for being you and all the resources that you make middle middle.
other today and we thank you because every person here every body here is your love embodied help us to lead these resources with love and so wherever we go they see your gift and your love and your light amen, amen.
just wanted to be able to see my friend Laura there. Hey, Laura. <laughs> Hi. Listen, you guys. Um, I don't think I'm preaching to the choir. I know I'm preaching to people who believe what I'm saying. But I'm preaching to you so you can preach. It's not just enough for us to believe this good news. We actually are called to convert the world. We really are called to evangelize the word. I used to hate that word in seminary. I'm like, I don't want to convince people of nothing. Yeah, I'm convicted that the evangelistic project, the good news project, is to teach love everywhere. And not love but, not love but oh by the way, not love but no love, period. Which is just really kind of radical. And People are afraid of love, period. What happens to our old thing? What, what if everybody's welcome, really? What about the old creeds? What about the old sins? Ah, we're really worried about the old sins. <laughs> what about that stuff? If you, period, that's not enough. It's not enough, yes it is. It's more than enough. It's more than enough to save us. So I'm gonna keep saying it, and then you're gonna say it on the subway, and you're going to say it, right? In your Twitter sphere, you're going to say it. You're going to preach it. You're going to sing it. You're going to do it. And we're going to convert the world to love, period. That's all that matters. Amen. <laughs>